This is the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast, episode number 20. Home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Well, hello and welcome. My name is Doug, and this is the Thumb and Hammer Podcast. Back after yet another break. <laughs> you know what? It was not my intention to put the podcast on hold this time around. It just sort of happened. There's a couple of things to remember. First of all, I am a one-man operation here. There are no production assistants or writers or editors or technicians. All aspects of this podcast, from the preparation to the recording and post-production and distribution, all of that is done by me and by me alone. The second thing to remember is that I am a homeowner and a do-it-yourselfer. This is a home improvement podcast, after all, and I do do some home improvementing. And once again, when it comes to working on the house, I am a one-man operation. I am limited by my inability to be in more than one place at any given time, which means if I am downstairs knocking together some two-by-fours for framing, I can't be in the family room recording the podcast. If I'm upstairs putting down laminate flooring, I am not sitting at the computer editing audio files or writing a blog post. Well, it comes down to a matter of priorities. And this summer, my priority was working on the house. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about what I did on my summer vacation. It's also about wrestling with priorities, and I will also touch on the topic of project creep. You know, project creep, that's when you can't figure out where one project ends and another one begins. It's kind of like the old, while you're at it, or might as well sort of thing. So stay tuned. Before I start, I would like to tell you about a new partner of the Thumb and Hammer podcast, Paint Zen. Paint Zen is the easiest way to get your space professionally painted, inside and out. They take the pain out of painting by providing a seamless process from start to finish. Their services include interior and exterior painting, and that includes wallpaper, custom wall art and murals, vinyl installation, cabinet painting, staining and refinishing, faux finishes, and drywall repair. Go to paintzen.com. That's paintzen, P-A-I-N-T-Z-E-N. Or if you're Canadian like me, Z-E-N. Paintzen.com. And start by getting a free quote in minutes. Then explore their online color gallery of over 3,500 Benjamin Moore colors. And use their fun, inspirational tools to find your perfect shade. Use my coupon code HAMMER to get $50 off your project. PaintZen will deliver all paint products and supplies to your home and send an insured and heavily vetted professional paint crew to complete the job at your preferred time. PaintZen promises 100% satisfaction on every job. Once again, use my code HAMMER to save $50 at PaintZen.com. PaintZen, your one-stop shop for painting your home. 
PaintZen is available in select cities. Check PaintZen.com to see if they service your area. And of course, the link will be on the show notes page for this episode. Now, let me tell you how I spent my summer vacation. I had some time off work, and I decided that it was time to finish up some of the projects that have been hanging over my head for the last year, year and a half or so. I mean, I was determined to actually finish some stuff around here. In a previous podcast, I talked about our plans for our daughter to have two of the three upstairs rooms. The idea that one room would be her bedroom and the other one would be her study. Separate rooms. Dedicated spaces so she could focus on the task at hand without distraction. Now, we can do that because we only have the one kid. And we flip-flopped as to which room would serve which purpose. And she finally decided that the smaller room, which has been set up as her bedroom for most of the time, she decided that that was going to remain her bedroom and the larger room would be her study. The larger room, if you'll recall, was the one where I destroyed the bamboo flooring. That's a long story, but here's the short version. The previous owner, well, a couple owners ago, the guy who flipped this house, had installed flooring without undercutting the doorways. And as a result, he left some gaps that just didn't look very good. Now, we could have lived with that. It's just an aesthetic thing. But the doors themselves had also seen their better days. They were pretty beat up. So at some point, we decided that I would remove the old doors and frames and install new pre-hung doors. And in doing that, that would give me the chance to replace the pieces of flooring between the jams and install new flooring that went under the jams. Well, in the course of removing this bedroom door and removing the flooring between the door jams, I damaged the adjacent board. (laughs) And when I removed that damaged board, I messed up the board next to it. And so on, and so on, and so on. Until I had six boards that I had to replace. Now, at the time, I didn't think this was a big deal because there were extra boards that were left behind in the basement. But as it turned out, those boards didn't quite fit right. They they were probably from a different batch. And I finally decided that it was just easier to rip up the bamboo and put down some new laminate. And cases of that laminate floor sat piled up in that room for about a year as the project kept getting put on the back burner. So enough. I had some time off in the middle of the summer, and this was the perfect opportunity to finish that room once and for all. Now, we also had plans to take a road trip to visit my wife's family, who all live about 10 hours away. Her parents, her nieces, and her grandfather, along with some aunts and uncles, all live within a couple hours of each other. And we kind of make the rounds, so to speak. So we try to get to visit her parents once or twice a year, and they usually come to visit us once or twice a year. But it's especially important that we get to visit her grandfather as much as we can. He's in his mid-90s, so you can understand why this would be a priority. So we had this trip planned, and I figured that I would be able to finish the room before we left. Now, this whole idea of dedicated workspace is important. 
I started setting up my own office in the basement when we experienced a bit of a flood about a, about a month or two after we moved in. And since then, my office, if you want to call it that, has been scattered throughout the house. And quite frankly, I am tired of it. We had the basement waterproof last summer, but putting it back together has been pretty much at the bottom of the priority list. You know, there's other things to do, and there's only so much time and money to go around. So going full throttle on the basement isn't realistic. What I decided to do instead was, you know what, just do a little bit at a time. Do a little bit here, a little bit there, and gradually it will eventually get done. You see, when we had the basement waterproofed, the contractors installed a French drain system around the perimeter. And in order to do that, they had to break up the concrete around the perimeter, which meant they had to remove the bottom two feet of the drywall and the framing. So I decided that instead of just sistering the studs and patching the drywall, I was going to completely reframe and refinish the walls. And I decided that I was going to start by doing just one wall for now. And I decided that I would do this one wall before starting the bedroom upstairs. I mean, how long does it take to frame a wall? A day to frame and insulate and a day to hang the drywall? A couple days. A couple days should do it. It would be an easy win. And I could take that momentum to the bedroom flooring and the trim upstairs. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I chose to use a product called Bluewood for the framing. Now, you've probably seen this Bluewood used by Brian Baumler on TV. What it is, it's a treated wood, not the same pressure-treated wood that you would use outside, but this wood is treated to be moisture-resistant and mold and mildew-resistant. Perfect for a basement. I don't know how widely available it is in the U.S., but in Canada, it's, avail it's available at Lowe's. So I go to Lowe's to pick up a load of 2x4s. However, the, uh, the pickings were slim. I suspect that the wood had all been picked through and what was left was simply the best of the worst. But it is only a basement after all. I mean, sure, I could be a perfectionist, but truth be told, nobody's going to be taking a straight edge to these walls. If they end up being a bit wavy, oh well. No harm, no foul. So I pick out as many decent boards as I can, but I still come up short. At least I can get a start on the framing with what I was able to get. The next day, I return to Lowe's, and it is obvious that there's not been a new shipment of blue wood. The handful of remaining 2x4s were every shape but straight. It was a wasted trip. The third trip to Lowe's was much more successful. New shipment. Beautiful, straight lumber. I even considered scrapping what I'd already done to buy all new, but this stuff ain't cheap. So I grabbed the handful of boards that I thought I needed to finish the wall. Now, here's the thing. This wall is intersected by two other walls, one for the laundry room and one for the furnace room. And those walls had to be notched out as well in order for the waterproofers to run their drainage system. Well, I was looking at the wall for the furnace room. And I had a while-you-are-at-it moment. Um, the furnace room is home to the furnace and the hot water tank. And for some bizarre, unknown reason, the doorway to this room was only about 22 inches wide 
and about five and a half feet high. I'm six foot two. I can't tell you the number of times that I whacked my head on that doorway and the number of times that I had to warn anyone else who had to access this room. Anyone who's done any work for me in this house has had to go into this room at one point or another, whether it was the electrician running wiring, the plumber working on the plumbing, or, I mean, the furnace technician doing his annual inspection, and even the waterproofers. Sooner or later, somebody was going to hurt themselves on this doorway. So, while I was working down there, I took a look at the framing of this doorway, and there was no reason, no reason why a standard full-height door could not have been installed there. Well, it wouldn't have been quite full height. You would have had to trim off a couple inches off the bottom because of the lower ceiling. But still, a whole lot better than what was there. This is a prime example of project creep. My plan was to only do one perimeter wall, and here I was reframing the doorway on another wall. And that took more time. Plus, I was a couple two-by-fours short of what I thought I needed, so I had to make yet another trip to Lowe's. So much for a quick win. Two days. <laughs> right. Each trip to Lowe's takes a half hour each way. Plus, there's the time in the store, the time it takes to load my purchases into the van and then offload them once I get home. Just running to Lowe's probably accounted for the equivalent of an eight-hour day, spread out over four days. That was time that I couldn't be working on the house. Can't be in two places at the same time. So needless to say, this wall was not finished before we went on our trip. And I certainly didn't get started on the bedroom flooring. That would have to wait until we returned home. Well, anyway, the trip went well. We visited everyone that we wanted to visit. And as an added bonus, my wife and I returned home without our daughter. She stayed behind for an additional two weeks to hang out with her adult cousin. Grandma and Grandpa would bring her back with them when they came up to visit us for the start of the school year. Two weeks without the kid. Perfect opportunity to double down and get that room ready for her when she comes back, right? Well, the first couple days back home were spent getting caught up on the laundry. And since the kid wasn't home, I was able to go into her bedroom, the one that she was using, not the one I was renovating, anytime I wanted. This room, it was like something out of hoarders. I mean, it was a disaster area. Clothes all over the place, dresser drawers open with stuff spilling out. Her notes from school, her notes that she had spread all over the floor when she was studying for her final exams a month before. Those notes were still spread out all over the floor. And then there was the garbage, the food wrappers, the plastic drink containers, uh, all that stuff. I mean, we knew that her room was a mess, and we respected her privacy, but I mean, this was just ridiculous. And we'd given her plenty of opportunity to clean it up herself, but she chose not to. So now privacy was out the window, and over the course of the next few days, my wife and I tackled that mess. There came the time that I took the mattress and the box spring off the bed so that we could get to the mess under the bed. The mattress 
was about eight years old. Uh, so it's kind of nearing the end of its life. You're supposed to change a mattress every 10 years or so. And the box spring wasn't in the greatest condition either. But the, uh, the bed itself, the bed itself was toast. The bed was your basic headboard, footboard, and rails setup. And this had been my bed from when I was about 10 years old until I moved out 15 years later. And after I left, my dad used it occasionally. Once my mom passed away, that was the bed that my father used exclusively for the last six years of his life. So obviously this bed owed us nothing. It was old and rickety and it creaked and groaned with every movement. It was time for it to go. Now, my wife and I, we talked about moving the kid up to a full-size bed because she tosses and turns quite a bit and, you know, she'd probably get a more restful sleep if she had more room. Um, can't tell you the number of times her to thump against the wall. I'd even thought about maybe building a bed once I get my workshop set up, but, uh, well, turns out the time was of the essence. So on top of everything else, we went bed shopping. And we ended up buying a full-size mate's bed. Now that gives her more storage, and more importantly, it eliminates the space under the bed where dirty laundry and garbage tend to end up. So while the bed was out of the room, while we were between beds, <laughs> so to speak, um, this was the perfect opportunity to freshen up the walls with a couple coats of paint. Can you say project creep? Remember, this endeavor started with gathering up some laundry, and now I was painting and assembling flat-pack furniture. Oh, yeah. And um, our kid also confided in her cousin that she did not like the sliding mirror doors on her closet. They creeped her out. I totally get it. I hate, hate, hate mirror doors myself. A lot of people will say they make the room look bigger, but... It's another matter when that closet is beside the bed and you wake up staring at your reflection only a couple feet away or catch a glimpse of your reflection in the dark. So on top of everything else, now I was installing bifold doors. Needless to say, the laminate floor did not get done in the other room, but at least we had her room ready for her when she returned home. So that's basically what I did or didn't do on my summer vacation. As summer turned to fall, I did finally get that laminate floor down, and she is now able to use that room as her study, but boy, it was a long road to get there. As I said, we did have the bedroom ready for her when she returned home, and the review was as exciting as anything seen on trading spaces or while you were out. Remember those shows? Those make-over-in-a-weekend-on-a-tiny-budget design shows that were all the rage back in the O's? My wife and I used to watch them, and the transformations that were achieved in a couple days were amazing, even if a lot of them were train wrecks. The point is, the project always got done, or at least so it would appear. Now here's the thing. Watching shows like that, or indeed any other home improvement shows, will give you a distorted view of what can be accomplished in a certain period of time. First of all, in the case of those makeover shows, you had a designer who functioned as a project manager. There was a carpenter who was 100% focused on carpentry. 
you had the handful of people that were doing the work on camera, and then there's a whole crew that's probably working behind the scenes off camera. I mean, it is TV after all. One of the first things that ever got done on these shows was painting. And that lasted for maybe half a minute on camera. The paint cans, the rollers, the brushes, the trays, the drop sheets, those all magically appeared out of nowhere. Getting that stuff set up is time consuming. My dad, when he painted, he would take almost an entire day just masking everything and putting down drop sheets and blankets and newspapers to catch any splatters. I have a little more confidence in my painting ability. I only use a single drop sheet that travels around the room with me, but because I don't mask, it does take me a while to cut in around the trim and where the wall meets the ceiling. To put it in perspective, it took me about two hours to do the cutting in in my daughter's bedroom, which is only 9 by 10 whereas it took me maybe 10 or 15 minutes to actually do the rolling. So if you do the math, two coats took about four and a half to five hours, not including the time in between coats or the time to clean up. And I sure would have liked to have had a crew to clean my brush and put stuff away for me. But unlike TV, there's no crew. And in my case, I was working solo, so all of that had to be done by me. The time-lapse thing is also pretty effective on home improvement shows featuring the likes of Mike Holmes and Brian Baumler. Again, you have large crews doing the work. And fancy editing cuts tedious jobs like painting down to a few seconds. But the reality is, for the rest of us, painting is usually at least an all-day job. Or even a multi-day job. While we're on the topic of editing, I will give you another example. I watch a lot of woodworking videos on YouTube, and one of the guys I follow is John Hyas. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. H-E-I-S-Z. And his channel is I Build It. And you can find him on his website at ibuildit.ca. John produced a video on his main channel where he turned a spalted maple log into a stool. In this highly stylized, beautifully shot video, you see him transform what is basically a piece of rotting wood into a piece of functional art, starting with a chainsaw and working his way through other tools. And this video clocks in at about nine minutes. Not long after that, he produced another video. Uh, this one was for his uh, I Build It Scrap Bin channel, where he talked about how he started working on that stool at eight, eight o'clock in the morning and finished around 5.30 in the afternoon. And in this video, he laments that people don't realize just how much time and effort go into making something. And not just making the thing, but also learning the skills in the first place. Now, if you want to check out those videos, the links will be in the show notes. But my point with this example is that this nine hours, eight or nine hours of constant work was compressed into a nine-minute video. And you just don't get a sense of how much time actually passes. Well, speaking of woodworking videos, you know what you almost never see? Sanding. Every woodworker knows that sanding is one of the most time-consuming parts of any project. And it's also the most important part. How well a sanding job is done can make or break your project. 
But let's face it, sanding is not exactly the most exciting thing to watch. So most content creators don't show much, if any, of the step. That doesn't mean they skipped it or that you can skip it. It just means that, you know, it's boring to watch, so they don't include it in the video. And that's my point here. Whether it's on television or on YouTube, you never really get a true picture of how much time something actually takes. Look, any one of us can set out to do a weekend makeover, but it's probably not realistic to expect to finish that makeover in a weekend. Personally, I admit that I work slow. I am past predicting how long something is going to take me because I know from my track record that I never finish something when I say I'm going to finish it. And it's taken me about 20 years to come to terms with that. It is not unusual for a weekend project, quote unquote weekend project, to last a month or two or more. And in my case, it's usually more, but, you know, I, I, I'm an extreme example. What I'm trying to say here is that if you have a weekend project that's hanging over your head for a month or two or more, you are not alone. Length of time may vary, but it is normal. There's no reason to get discouraged. Because what tends to happen when you get discouraged, and I'm talking again from my own experience here, but... When discouragement sets in, you tend to start avoiding the project and then it hangs over your head even longer. I mean, shoot, it's taken me a couple months so far, so it doesn't matter if I work on it today. Well, my best piece of advice is this. When you go into a project, don't set yourself up for failure by having an unrealistic timeline. Do not I repeat, do not predict your timeline based on what you see on TV or on YouTube. Just about any project is going to take longer than you expect it to, and that is okay. Remember that you do not have the benefit of having a large crew working behind the scenes. And there ain't no fancy editing in real life. And here's an interesting tidbit that you probably don't think about. You know those fancy big reveals that you see on television. Pretty dramatic, right? Well, chances are pretty good that some, if not most of them, are staged so that they look finished even if they aren't. I, I can point out some pictures on my own website where boxes and stuff and all that were moved from one side of the room to another so I could take pictures from one angle and then all that stuff was moved to the other side of the room so I could take pictures from another angle. And the room looks completely pristine. What looks finished in pictures, in reality, not quite finished. So anyway, one last thing that I want to talk about when it comes down to timelines is this. You can have a perfectly realistic timeline, but you do not have control over life. Stuff happens, things come up, and you have to decide what your priorities are. It's that whole two places at the same time thing. In the grand scheme of things, stopping to smell the roses, whatever that means for you, might be more important than finishing the project 
by a certain deadline. What does it matter if a project takes two months instead of two weeks? So don't put unnecessary stress on yourself. Just keep moving forward at your own pace and it'll get done. It'll get done. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. As always, you can find the show notes at thumbandhammer.com. Just click on the podcast link, and this is episode number 20. You can find me on Twitter at thumbandhammer, all one word. And of course, you can contact me by email or by voicemail through the contact page on the website. I'd love to hear from you. I want to thank you very much for listening. And I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Cheers.